The game of basketball has taken us places we can never imagine. For winning four EuroLeague titles, playing six years in five countries, and making connections with people from all around the world. We have stories that can last a lifetime. All right, now it's time to tell yours. When I met Michael Jordan for the first time, and still to this day, if I see him, he's he's glowing. It just came down to, like I said, looking myself in the mirror, like, brother, you really do you want to play ball or not? I've never been in an environment like Euroleague, because you know, living over here in Europe, bro, how we kings over this time, bro. Denver Thuggets. <laughs> Appreciate y'all having us on here. This is Hoop Tales. Welcome back to Hoop Tales Podcast. On today's episode, we have one of the most underrated guards in all of Europe. A two-time Israeli league champion, Final Four MVP, Israeli league MVP, Israeli cup MVP, and current captain of Maccabi Tel Aviv. My former college teammate, John DeBartolomeo. What's up, my man? What's up, how are you? John, what's up? Welcome, welcome, man. Welcome. Happy to have you. Happy to be here. All right, so just talk us through your life now, man. You know, with this COVID situation going on, how's everything over there in Tel Aviv? How are you adjusting? Um, I think it's been an adjustment for everybody. Uh, in Tel Aviv, it seems pretty under control. Uh, for the most part, uh, you know, thankfully. Uh, in terms of day-to-day, you know, a lot of chilling around the house, a lot of walks with the dog, with my girlfriend, um, <laughs> working out in the house and staying close to the apartment. Other than that, uh, trying to make uh, the most of this time. Uh, started an online class, uh, trying to get healthy. I, I had a season-ending injury four months ago. So trying to take advantage of having so much free time where I can get back to where I want to be. Now, what, what, are your, uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, the, the possibility of basketball returning the summer um, in the EuroLeague? And I'm not 100% sure about the Israeli league. I don't know if it's postponed or um, what they've decided yet. So what, are, you know, what do you think, um, in your opinion, um, will it happen or, or will it, won't it happen? Um, I mean, it's so tough to tell. The situation is so fluid. You know, you have a bad day, and then you you, you think you're you're gonna be like this for the foreseeable future, and then you have a couple of good days in a row, and there's some optimism here that they're gonna start opening things in a week. I don't know what that means for the Israeli league. Uh, as of now, it's suspended. You know, I think nobody wants to give the final say to cancel the league. Um, in my opinion. You know, I mean, this is what we do. You know, you have to stay prepared for anything and, and you expect to play. But uh, I would, I think it'd be a hard situation getting everybody back here uh, and, you know, restarting the season after something like this. Uh, I think a lot of time and energy is going into how to figure that out, which I understand. But uh, my fear is, you know, this season has been obviously impacted in a lot of ways financially. Everyone's everything. Uh, I don't want you know one bad season to become two. So yeah. part of me wants wants everybody to you know focus that time on energy and you know making sure that 
we cut our losses. We try to take care of each other as much as we can, and we get next season uh, going without a hitch and, you know, kind of put this in our rear view as much as we can. That, but that's, you know, that's my feeling. You know, I've been yeah. out for a lot longer than a lot of these other guys too, so. Yeah. <laughs> This this the part uh, I'm excited about because uh, I've been fortunate to uh, you know know about you and you know meet you and be friends with you for the last couple of years through Mike and uh, you know coming down to the University of Rochester, seeing you ball out, seeing you kill. But we'll get you know to that a little later. But I, I'm excited. I want to hear about your your high school career, man, and, and growing up in Westport, Connecticut. High school was fun. Westport's a really nice place to grow up. You know, I was fortunate enough to uh, to be there. Um, in terms of my basketball career, uh, Staples, you know, as a, as a freshman, I played, you know, strictly for the freshman team. Uh, I think I was about, you know, they listed me at 5'4", and I was ecstatic about that. You know, I was a very, very late gamer. Uh, but, uh, you know, freshman, you know, fresh high school basketball is my first taste of high school basketball, you know, which I always thought about growing up. You know, I would always think about playing high school basketball. I never really thought beyond that point. So uh, I was so excited to finally be part of a, a program like that. You know, my middle school didn't have a team. I would go travel team to AU team, never part of like a, a program. Uh, so I was really excited to be a part of something like that. Uh, my freshman year, we were you know, I was just playing with all my friends, which I'm sure you guys can attest to, you know, some mm -hmm. of the best times. Uh, yeah. We had a successful season, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of anything, you know, Staples High School basketball, Westport basketball is not, you know, very known. We're not a very uh, good, I would say, historically team. Uh, so it was fun. My uh, sophomore year, you know, it was my first taste of, uh, you know, trying out for varsity. You know, I think I got one of the, I was one of the last spots on the varsity team and I got to play, uh, you know, solid minutes on the JV team, uh, which I was, you know, again, pumped about. A couple of sophomores were a couple of my friends got moved up to varsity and, you know, happy for them, but also, you know, dying with jealousy a little bit <laughs> in the varsity games. Um, that was good. And then, you know, I got uh, towards the end of my sophomore year, I finally got uh, a taste of varsity. I think I played, you know, sporadically in the last five games, uh, which I was, you know, excited about. And then at the end of that season, our coach was replaced. We had a new head coach. Uh, and junior and senior year, you know, I finally got uh, a chance to uh, really, you know, play significant minutes and have uh, control of the ball and a role in the team. And that's when I, you know, started to I would say take take bigger steps in my career, but you gotta understand, you know, Connecticut high school basketball itself is not uh, the highest level, and you know Staples is not known for its basketball. You know, every year our coach would put on the wall to make states, you have to win eight of twenty games. And we'd have like the eight wins that we would have to drive in. <laughs> my junior year was the first time we've done it, and I don't know. I mean, as long as I, I think like. Oh, seven, eight years when John Galvin, he was a he was a big player for us. He's uh had uh left Staples. And then my senior year, you know, we we won, I think we won 12, 13 games and we made FCS, which is like top eight in our conference, which was a huge success for us. But we went up against uh, the number one team in the in our uh, conference and we, we lost there. Uh but high school basketball was a lot of fun. Uh you know. I had a great time. I, you know, my best friend was the, the other co-captain with me. 
Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we both went on to play college ball. He played at Ithaca. Uh, so we got to, we got to follow each other's careers. So it was a lot of fun. Now, by, by your senior year, how tall were you? Um, I don't know. I think like 5'9", five 5'10". Five probably listed at 5'10". You know, happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, after your senior year, what, what kind of interest did you have, you know, as far as college? And did you think you could, you know, potentially play at a, at a high level? Um, I started getting – I got my – my first letter was from Williams when I was at the end of my junior year, like for those summer camps. And I was, you know, blown away. Williams, you know, really good basketball school, really great school. Um, so I went to their summer camp and, you know, they, but then they changed the coach and I never heard from uh, Williams again. <laughs> um, so I was upset about that. But, um, well, at the end of my senior year, I think, you know, it was a, a mix of D3 schools. Um, and a coach of mine, you know, a friend who I grew up with who trained me a lot, tried to get some interest from the local Division One schools like Sacred Heart. Uh, you know, I spoke to them, you know, once or twice and maybe talk about red shirt or, you know, working my way on the team. But every time that coach came, I think he came to one or two of my games, I would just play terrible. And <laughs> that, was, that kind of fell through. I kind of narrowed it down my list to, I thought about not playing, you know, I thought about, you know, looking at schools just to not play basketball, to have fun, maybe walk on. And that lasted, you know, about a day or two. And I was like, I, I got to play ball. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything else. So I narrowed it down to Union, Union, Dickinson, and Rochester. And then I thought about doing a post-grad year. Mm -hmm. um, but when I visited uh, Rochester and looked and, and I looked at the school, I saw that they, you know, for Division Three at least, they took their basketball uh, very seriously. They had a nice arena that I fell in love with as soon as I walked around. I walked around the campus and, you know, I felt like that's what college was supposed to feel like. Uh, and then I hung out with the team. I hung out with Mike. I hung out with Chip. <laughs> Sure. It seemed like, you know, like a really fun group of guys that enjoyed hanging out with each other, enjoyed, and, you know, that's all I was looking to do is, you know, make friends and play basketball. That's why I've enjoyed basketball so much through the years is, you know, hanging out and playing with my teammates. Now, when you got the, you got the Rochester, you, uh, you started your career under the legendary coach, um, Mike Neer. Um, right. You know, talk about him, talk about your relationship with him. You know, talk about, you know, uh, his influence on him, on, on you, um, you know, during that early part of your uh, early part of your career. And, you know, just talk about him as a person on and off the basketball court. Yeah. So Coach Nier didn't know much about me when I got to Rochester. Uh, you know, how I ended up at Rochester, I think, was the assistant coach. Uh, one of the assistant coaches at the time, uh, Jim Driggs. He's from Connecticut and he played in my area and his father came to watch. Uh, a different player, I think, that uh, Rochester was recruiting named Joe Sindelar. Mm -hmm. we, we ended up coming in together. Uh, and I think his dad told Jim about me. And then Jim sent me a letter and we started talking to Coach Triggs. We started talking more and more. Um, so when I met Coach Neer, when we would play NYU, because I'm close to the city, uh, he, didn't, he wasn't, I think, very interested in me. Um, first off, he doesn't like guards. Like, People told me about Coach Nier. If he can play with no point cards, he would. He would play with all. Those. 
coach near you know six think. Uh, and he told me straight up he's like i like being able to look my players in the eye you know because i was i'm up to his chest that's or whatever so. that's, a, that's a good philosophy i guess <laughs> interesting philosophy so i don't think he just to give us some context coach near has been at rochester at this point 30, 30 years at that point 33 years old school stuck in his way so you know you know how that can get Mm -hmm. exactly. you know i think you know especially coming in like the, his job of a point guard is to get to that spot on the floor and throw it into the post to dig whatever like you had a very structured uh role and maybe i was a little too uh erratic at the time for something he might like you know i don't know i mean he i think eventually i grew on him you know coach near is not one to i mean at least for me he wasn't you know, someone who would give a lot of uh, flattery to, you know, I was always scared whenever he would call my name, he would, <laughs> he would you know, grill you. Um, but I think little by little, you know, we, we got along well. And he's like, like Mike said, he's old school. He's very structured. I think he was an army guy. Right. You know, and, and I was, yeah. I was, I, I would do what I can to, you know, follow his, his game plan to a T and then, you know, when he would give me more and more freedom, I would kind of work off that. So I think our relationship took, uh, it was, uh, you know, on an upward trend, you know, the entire, I only got to play one year for him, but the entire time was, uh, you know, little by little, we got, we got, uh, we got along more and more and that, you know, it helped me a lot. You know, I, uh, I ended up having a good freshman year, uh, by the end of it, I was playing better basketball. You ended up getting, uh, you know, player of the year that year, right? I mean, uh, freshman year. Yeah, rookie okay. year of the conference. When, when did you, like, what was, was it a, you know, a certain moment during the season where you was like, all right, you know, he's giving me the keys. Like, he's going he's gonna to let me do my thing and, and showcase my talent. Um, I mean, the, the first game I really, you know, you feel like you're getting that, that flow and you're just kind of playing was uh, the, the Wendy's tournament, which is uh, one of our, bigger tournaments uh, in, in the first part. It's a Rochester area tournament. And we were playing the NAIA school. And the game, it kind of got more up and down than, than we were used to at that time. And I just kind of felt in the flow. And I felt aggressive. And, you know, I had one of my best games I game. And then I, I think from there, I, I felt uh, more confidence that the coaches believed in me and I, that I could, you know, play at this level. Because when I got to Rochester, you know, I was under the – impression at least in my mind that it was going to be similar to high school you know work my way up you know they had a junior point guard at the time I figured you know learn play a little bit maybe not play as a freshman work my way into sophomore and by junior year getting getting my minutes but you know like I didn't know I was going to be playing until the first scrimmage when coach near told me to sit down for starters now, now you now you go into your your sophomore year and then you you guys uh, make a coaching change. Um, yeah. You know, how did you feel about the coaching change after you knew, after you had um, such a successful freshman season? Um, I know myself when I was in school. You know, we had a coaching change after my freshman year, and you know, I had thought you know I had thought about leaving. I thought about possibly transferring. Um, did those thoughts ever come into your mind because you know you you were successful? So I'm now sure you're. You're on the eyes. You're on the you know the radar of a lot of other other schools. So you know what kind of you know went through your thought process about that change? Um, yeah, for sure that, that crossed my mind. First off, there's like you know a million things go through your head when when something like that happens. And 
we were already, uh, after my freshman year, I think we had like 18 players and we already knew a bunch of guys, you know, didn't really want to re return the following year. Um, you know, guys were talking about night when bro. Was up there, uh... Yeah, it was, it was, everyone was figuring out where they were going. And, you know, I never personally wanted to leave Rochester. You know, I, I liked my friends, you know, basketball was, you know, good. Like I, I did, but I didn't want to stay if everybody else was leaving, you know. I liked Rochester because I liked the people I was around, and you know that's the most important thing to me. But uh, yeah, I thought about it. I, I did have a little bit of interest after my freshman year because you know that the school from that school we're talking Sacred Heart, like the assistant coach wanted me to get my release so I can talk to them, blah blah blah. But um, I think there's you know always two ways to approach uh, a coaching change. Like obviously, I was comfortable with this coach at this time. And you can think of it negatively, like, oh, next coach might not be as good, blah, blah, Or you think of it as a fresh start, you know. You know, I think Coach Near, as great as he is, um, that style of play was a little – it was, you know, as, at least for, for us guards, it wasn't the, mo the most fun style. We had a lot of guards that liked to go get it, and uh, it ended up um, – you know, feel, uh, a lot of guys at, at that point had left, and we were down to I think seven. Mike, how many? Seven recruit, seven recruit players. I think at that point. I, I'll never forget. We were there. It was uh, my sophomore year, your freshman year. We was up there for Christmas break, and we was in Subi chilling in the uh, in the lounge. I think he was playing pool or ping pong or something. And Murph had came out of nowhere, and he's like, "Guys, I think you know." done playing this will be my last year and then a lot of other guys started talking we was all feeling the same way right. and uh, that's when he brought up that semester of sea trip so he bought that trip up and, all right. amazing. and at the point you know me me on the team i wasn't really playing you know between my knee injuries and and not playing defense i couldn't see the floor so i was like all right it's it's about time you know to kind of take a step back and, and focus on something else so mm. You know, Murph brought that, that trip up. I was like, I'm in. I remember Roberson was like, he was in. Slim was in. Other guys were transferring. So it was, you know. Yeah, Billy was very Basically, fortunately, Naircon, he kind of got forced out. But it's like Johnny said, it was down to like six players, six, seven players. That's crazy. Yeah. I think we, had, we, we were left with two seniors. Was, was Chip the lone junior at that point? Chip and Slim. Yeah. Slim ended up staying, I think, right? Well, Slim, Slim went on the semester. We went on the – we went abroad in the fall, and then he came back and joined the team, like, in the middle of the year. Really? Yeah. Roberson yeah. yeah. came back after that trip and, and played for, like – Oh, how he played for practice. Yeah, he played for, like, two weeks. He's like, nah. Oh, I about that. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I think we had seven players. You know, we, we had – at that point, we had assistant coaches in practice just so we can run, you know, five on five. We had walk on just to, Damn. you know, have a full team. That's crazy. Um, crazy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it gave, you know, gave other guys chances. And, you know, people were playing free because there was no one to switch them. You know? That also and, helps. and then it starts sophomore year. Uh, one of our, our best freshmen, he played there for you, Nate Vernon. He's from North Carolina. He got sick, and I broke my hand. So we both missed the first five games. So we were playing with, you know, five, six guys, and, you know, and they were killing. Uh, you know, seeing, seeing your team have success without you, you know, I think it, it gives confidence to, to everybody, like, that you're your full team. It could be any guy's night, any 
and I and you know that was that sophomore year run was uh, you know we won the conference uh, went to the Sweet 16. That's you know arguably you know the best season my my class had uh, while we were at Rochester actually. One UAA Player of the Year that season. Can't forget that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. He said, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's always postseason accolades too. Got team successful, you know. For sure. So talk, I want you to talk about the UAA a little bit. Um, you know, the teams that were in the conference and you know just how the conference was set up. It wasn't your typical Division Three conference. Right. We had we traveled to games and you know talk about that experience. Yeah, uh, yeah, the UAA is uh, unique in that way. And, you know, I, I didn't know much about it until I got there. Obviously, that's one of Rochester's selling points. Like, we fly to games like D1 clubs. And, and you know, we thought we were cool walking through airports. But, yeah, you know, you travel all over. You travel. We travel down to Atlanta, you know, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Washu, Chicago. So, you're, you're traveling. Um you know, that, that second semester part of the season, you're traveling every weekend, or unless you're home, you're going Friday night game, travel Saturday, Sunday afternoon game. Um, and, you know, in terms of basketball, not just Division Three, uh, the UA is one of the, the top top levels of talent. I think that the NESCAC and the, the conference out on the West Coast with those Ohio or Wisconsin schools, um, it's tough basketball. You got good – in my opinion, you got you got some very good players. You got some size and speed. Obviously, not to the to to the the level of uh, Division One, but there's there's definitely some guys sprinkled in there that that, that can play. Uh, and it was you know it was definitely uh, a learning experience. You know, playing in the UA. I remember my first UA game when I was a freshman, uh, or the third or fourth game it was against Brandeis and one of their their seniors I, I, they had a stacked team that year I think his name was ha Hollins you remember Holland you had the, remember they had two guards please and the big big guy I can't remember oh my god well he came up to me we we had played Emory at home and Case and Carney who at the time were weak and then we were at Brandeis playing and he came out to me and he was pretty much telling me that I didn't know what the UA was yet. He <laughs> beat us twice that year at home and at our place. Uh, but it was fun, you know, obviously learned a lot, had a great time, you know, sophomore year. We went on, we went on a big run the UA, you know, winning, you know, our, our goal is in the UA, we approach it when we're going in is, you know, we, we take care of home. You always got to take care of home. And on the on the road, you want to get that. That's the, you try to get that Friday game. So you're playing with house money on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we were just – we went on a run. We were just rolling through teams and, you know, waiting for the bracket to come out, which is, you know, so exciting. <laughs> All right, so we got to talk about uh, one game in particular from your junior year. Junior year was kind of up and down. Uh, I don't yeah. think you guys kind of had the success that you, you know, envisioned, especially after coming off a Sweet 16 run. For sure. Um, but that final game of the year, and I got to shout my man Chip out because it was his senior night. And he um, had one of his best – I think Chip had like six, seven threes, like one of his best games uh, in his career. And then yeah. talk about what, what you did that night. <laughs> I had 40. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Johnny, yeah. Johnny is like literally like the most humble basketball player ever. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. he's just like, yeah, yeah, you work freshman of the year. Yeah, I work freshman of the year. Yeah, you work player of the year. Yeah, I work player of the year. <laughs> but the reason I remember the 40 is because, like he said, Chip, Chip brings it up consistently. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an asshole for it. <laughs> but, yeah. No, well, the funny thing about, especially because, like, you know, Chip wanting that game is near always, especially near, near, near and Chip, you know, but it, like he, he got on Chip a lot with the way that Chip played. And, you know, Chip's a scorer. He wants to, you know, hold break plays at times. And, like we said, near's very, structures so I didn't always fly with him but he always said you know I think it was like a true shoot like you're not a great shooter till you hit like I think his mark was like five threes in a game five or six threes and whatever it was Chip was one below it numerous numerous times and that senior night game he hit like you said five or six threes or six out of seven or eight and you know that's you know what he he, you know, that was, that was a ceiling he broke through for near. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he validated, he validated his shooter claim. <laughs> exactly, he got a little, he got a little overshadowed for it. But, you know, we can joke about it now. Me and Chip are good friends. Sure. He, I, if I give him a shot, he, he led the team in steals my sophomore year. He'll never let me live that down. <laughs> Chip, Chip was savvy on D, bro. Like, Chip's Chip not the most defender. Like, but he's, no, he, but he, got, he has those long arms, and he just, right. like, he moves them. He doesn't get any closer to you, but he just moves them in the passing lane. For sure. He's good at that. For yeah. sure. I was going to say, talk about the feeling of, like, dropping 40 points in a game. Like, that's not, that's not a feat that a lot of people could say they actually did. So, you got to, like, you know, talk about – know that you're feeling it after the game I mean, obviously you know you said it was chip senior night but just talk about that accomplishment i mean as a scorer i know that had to feel you had to feel like that feel for that milestone i mean it felt good but again like i had no idea i had 40 until yeah after the game and until like you're doing the i was doing the i think it was the post game conference and they told me i had 40 but you know in those kind of games you're flowing you're not thinking you're just feeling it obviously we, we had Everything was working for us, and I, you know, if I have forty, Chip hit six threes. Like, yeah. obviously, things are going well for us that night, and we're just having fun, enjoying senior night, uh, you know, enjoying one more time. Um, you know, that's it's that, that's that's the most fun about it. You know, I'm glad me and Chip can joke about it now. Tyler, <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to talk about that time you came up, bro, when you came to visit. Yeah, that's a, I, I was gonna bring that up. Um, you know. Mike, me and Mike were trying to like coordinate some time for me to come up to the school, you know, from time he's in fresh his freshman year, and it, it would just never work out with my season and certain other things. So I was like, "Yo, senior year, we we gotta, I gotta come up there." So I still remember, uh, you know, I left um, my school was in Princess Anne, Maryland. It was a little small airport, Salisbury, Maryland. So I was on one of them like small, like ten passenger planes, <laughs> like. like University of Rochester, man. I remember it was, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of scary, but you know, it was a long flight. Got there in about an hour, and then uh, you know, I get to the airport. Uh, Mike picks me up in the Benz. I'm, I'm sure he's been in the Benz. Mike, <laughs> 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 Mike, Mike used to toot that that Benz around everywhere. So he picked me up in the Benz, and you now he takes me to uh, the house where him, Chip, and uh, Slim, and who else was there? Uh, Nate and uh, DP. Yeah, Nate and DP, shout out to them too. 
man, I remember it was just it was just so much fun. I mean, it was cold, and I was, I was walking around, and I'm all bundled up, and I see y'all. It's like 40 degrees. Y'all walking around with short sleeves on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably first time the sun was peeking through, even though. <laughs> Like outside with like moccasins on and shorts and just <laughs> like, what is wrong with this guy? But it was it was so much fun. And uh, I remember Mike. One of the things he told me is like, "Yo, pack. Make sure you pack your uh, your hooping shoes because we'll, you know you'll be able to you know play pickup with the guys." And I was like, "Almost oh, definitely." So uh, I remember hearing about you and Mike just you know telling you, "Yo, we got this guy on our team that's nice, this and this and this." Blah blah blah. I'm like, you know, when you hear certain things, like, "All right, I'm, I'm sure." Yeah, he's okay. Nothing like that. But I still remember, like, us playing pickup, bro. You were doing whatever you wanted to do, bro. It was, like, the craziest thing ever. And I was like, wow, this kid, this, this guy can really go. Like, he's nice. And uh, one of the things I, you know, I, I love about you, not just, you know, your, your demeanor, but, you know, like Kyle said, you're very humble. But, you know, when you go to court, you're a killer, bro. You just got a killer mentality. And, you know, you, you know how to lead. And it's, like, something that, I had to take a step back and I'm like, yo, I kind of got to get better in that. <laughs> I was like, I, you know, I got to take something from this guy. And, you know, just watching, you know, I, you putting up killer numbers and, you know, we can go right into your senior year, man. You know, your senior year, you averaged 23, five, five uh, or six rebounds, six assists, two steals. You're showing 46% from the three, and you were showing 91% from the foul line. Like, that's yeah. crazy, bro. That's, that's, that's monster numbers, man. But, you know, I, I, I see why. I've seen it up close and personal. <laughs> <laughs> those, those pickup games between, between like, inner squad scrimmages are the ones that, like, you would get us going the most. I was, you know, the most competitive when we play pickup and we play blue gold. Those are always the ones that, you know, really get, get guys going. I remember the first time he came in, bro, like his first, early his freshman year. You know, obviously the return of players coming back, you know, we think we have shit. We hoop when we got our squad. And it's like, all right, we're going to get our five against, you know, the freshman. So it was you, Gap, who else was there? Big Rob. Big Rob. We lost, I, we lost all those guys the first year. Probably yeah. maybe DeLeo. Yeah, true. I forgot about the layoff. Anyway, Johnny walks in. You know, we're hearing all this stuff about Johnny. And, uh, you know, he walks in regularly. Unassuming white dude. Had a big T-shirt on. Like, looking oh, yeah. like something off of it. man can't jump, bro. I'm like, right, bro. <laughs> he comes out. And, you know, we open. We're going back and forth. He comes down. Boom. Hits a three. Next play. Comes down. Gets to the cup. Easy. Next thing, explicit D, like, make the pass, like, setting people up. Be like, yo, who is this dude? And just from that point on, bro, that's kind of when you, like, started to take over and we, like, had to respect your game because you was, you was a freshman you were little, but you were, you were real, bro. Yeah. Those are, the most, those are, like, the most nerve-wracking games, too. Your freshman year coming in for the first time, pick yeah, up. Facts. First time practice. Like, facts. I, I, I hope I can hold my own. I hope I don't embarrass myself. I hope, you know. Yeah. But. It's like the barometer where you're like trying to figure out like, do I belong here? Like, you know, like, is this like, you know, what what college basketball is all about? Like, I still remember like my first like my first pickup and like my first practice. I was like, man, I don't I don't know if I could make it here. I was like, man, this is <laughs> this is intense. This is a lot different in high school. For sure, you know, these guys are big. I don't know them. I, I want to yeah. get along with them. I want them to want to play with me. I want you know find the find the right the middle. The, 
it was nice. And then, you know, what was the best part for it was when you put us all, all the freshmen together, you know, it wasn't as, uh, as, uh, as much pressure on us because we were all mm -hmm. new. <laughs> but, all right, so we, we just got to talk about what you did at Rochester, bro. Like you finished at the end of your career, you finished third all time in scoring, mm -hmm. uh, 1,779 points, second in assists, 533, second in steals, 201. Years. You know, your senior year, you guys made another tournament run. Yeah. I think the first game in the tournament, you had like 42 or something crazy. Yeah. Um, when did you think that you could play professional? Or did you, you know, did you have that thought after the career you had at Rochester? When, when you and Tyler would talk to me about you guys visited when I was, I think, a, a senior. You guys came back for a visit and told me to think about it. That was the first time I really, <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought about it. I'm sure because you, you know, saw. Kyle having so much success overseas, and again, my senior year, I didn't, I didn't focus on playing basketball uh, after school. Just like in high school, I didn't really give college basketball thought until you know it was time to go to college, and I didn't, you know, what, know what else I was going to do. Um, I got a my coach got a letter for some guy in Germany that said that he had uh like a potential job for me i don't know if he'd see me play or saw numbers uh and that's when i was like all right you know what i'm gonna attack this head on you know, I, I spoke with the assistant coaches with my coach to get out uh kind of what i needed like a highlight reel uh, uh reaching out to past players um reaching out to other coaches pretty much anybody who had any affiliation with anybody overseas that had done it before I was going to reach out to, you know, I approached it like someone with a job I and mean, I had my Excel mm -hmm. sheet with all the people I talked to, what their connections were and, you know, approached it like that. Uh, and I ended up falling in, uh, into the, this guy, uh, Emilio Duran and FJ Martin. They ended up becoming my agents because, uh, a guy I grew up playing against who played at New Canaan, his name was Will Hanley. Mm -hmm. uh, he played at Bowdoin, which is another D3 school. And he was playing, he had played one year, I think he was a year older than me. He had just finished his first year in the third division of Spain or second division. And he, you know, crushed it, you know, double, double played great. And then he stayed and he was getting, he, he had moved on to an ACB team. I want to say Valencia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, you know, getting minutes. I was watching him play against Real Madrid. I was like, holy shit, this guy in one, not even a full year has gotten this guy from Division three to pro basketball to sporadic minutes against, you know, the ACB teams. Like, you know, he's going to get my foot in the door. And at the end of the day, that's all I wanted. I heard, I heard Spain was the best place to play. And I figured, you know, I wasn't going to shoot up to any first league anywhere. And I figured it would be better to get my foot in the door and work my way up you know, within the country than uh, across. So I, I knew I was going to, you know, I just wanted that first job, you know, to, to try and play. But even even with my, you know, Division three resume, uh, it, I think it's tough uh, to place players uh, like me. Um, I think, you know, people looking for players don't look for, you know, short white point cards. I just, I think, you know, they're one of the last ones on the, that, that they're looking for and you know I also wasn't a two-point guard I was more of a scorer so I, I don't know how I fit into the European game 
Um, so in order to get a job, uh, Emilio recommended that I go and do uh, a showcase in Spain, mm -hmm. which I was extremely hesitant about because all these guys tell you to be careful about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, Definitely. I was going to pay the camp. I think he was going to cover, but I had to pay my way there. And when I got there, his partner, FJ Martin, who I got very close with, was going to take care of me. So it was a lot of, you know, a little bit of a leap of faith, just not really knowing what I was getting myself into. Um, but, you know, I figured why not? You know, that's what I want to do. And at the very least, I'll hang out in Madrid for a week. <laughs> so, but ended up, the, the camp ended up being good. You know, FJ and Emilio put me in a good position. Uh, you know, the team I ended up getting put on was a bunch of guys uh, who they had. So it wasn't like we had four point cards to one team. Mm -hmm. You know, we had pretty much a roster of his guys, which played to our benefit a lot. Um, you know, and I, and I played well. Like, the, the whole, I think what did it for me is the host team had a team in it of, like, some pro guys. Uh, and I had my best game against them. And I think, you know, after that, I had, uh, I had some good interest in Spain. And they signed me to uh, – they signed me with an ACB team, and I was going to get loaned out to a third division team. Uh, I signed with Saragossa for three years with, like, the option that they could bring me up at any time. Uh, and, you know, I was – you know, as soon as they put it in front of me, I was like, this, you know, it's awesome for sure. <laughs> then they told me I'd be loaned out to Mallorca. I obviously never heard of Mallorca before, but I looked it up on the map. I was like, okay. It's not, a, it's not a bad place to get loaned out to. <laughs> yeah, give me a little bit of money. They give me yeah. a apartment and car. I don't need anything else. What did, what did you know about, uh, you know, professional basketball um, overseas just generally before, you know, before you kind of went through this process? Like, you know, did you know, did you know anything about it or just kind of like, you know, nothing about it you know mm. I, it's hard to it's you know it's hard to think now like uh how little I, I knew about it uh but even even my uh like first two years in Spain like I wasn't I wasn't following European basketball hard I followed you know the teams I was playing with I, I didn't watch EuroLeague I didn't watch Euro Cup I, I didn't watch any of these other games I was still you know I still wasn't you know doing uh my part, like you said in your, your book about, you know, really immersing myself in the culture of where I was, you know, I was still, you know, an American kid who was overseas, who missed mm -hmm. America, missed his friends, missed college, you know, like that, that first year, those first couple of months are, are really, are really tough. And I tell, you know, potential players that all the time that like, you're going to play pro basketball, but it's not, it's not exactly the pro basketball you think. And it's, not, it's a grind, especially uh, in the beginning. You know, there were countless times where I was, you know, my first couple of months where I was like, I don't know if this is worth it. Like, mm -hmm. I love basketball, but, you know, I, I, I can do, you know, I can, I can do other things. And, like, is this, is this really what I want? And, and you know, it was tough. You know, especially uh, my first month uh, as a pro, they sent me to the ACB team for preseason instead of to my team because they hadn't started yet. And the ACB team had uh, their point guard was with the national team. His name was John Tabu. I think he was the – he played for yeah, – I don't remember which team he played. Anyway, he was with his national team, obviously a really good player. And so I was – I guess I was, you know, in the second five playing against these ACB guys, and I was just overwhelmed mm -hmm. and demoralized. I was like, I don't know if I can play at this level. I'm not ready. Like, this is this – is, you know, this isn't worth it. It's just getting crapped on every day. I missed home. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a good learning experience because then I went down to the third league and, you know, it was a, a little bit of a, a sigh of relief, you know, 
you know, and I credit um, my agents for, for putting me in that spot. You know, I think a lot of guys go overseas and they, get, they don't see, you know, they're not ready for the, the transition. You know, the level is not where they need to be and, and they give up. And it's, it's sad to see because there's some good players who, you know, can become great players. You talked about missing family and stuff like that. I know your, your parents are huge fans. They were yeah. probably at every Rochester game. Okay. Um, did they come over? Like, did they come try to ease that burden for you and help you out early on? Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, my, my, my first week in, in, in uh, Spain, you know, I, I wasn't one of their, like, you know, guys they were going to have that year. So they kind of just threw me in an apartment. I had no TV. I had no Wi-Fi. The phone didn't work. You know, right. and they, they said I, they would get it for me, but it was going to be like a week. So it was like, you go from – and everyone knows what it's like to be like a senior in college, living with your friends. Like you, yeah. you're never, you're never by yourself. <laughs> so it was, it wasn't just, you know, I went from always surrounded by my friends and my family and, and people and knowing where I was to just in the middle of nowhere, you know, you get that feeling you like, you, you fall off the earth. No one would know. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, my mom told me, we talk about it now, right? We talk about how hard it was. Um, and she said, like, numerous times that week, she almost came in and picked me up or came and hung out. <laughs> and she, everyone's really happy she did. Uh-huh. But, uh, no, they ended up coming. I think they waited, you know, until games started. I was in Mallorca for, like, a, two months. Uh, she came, and then my dad came. Uh, and, you know, just, you know, help you get settled, you know. Uh, my parents, you know, took good care of me growing up. I, I wasn't prepared you know, in a way for the real world and wasn't ready to grocery shop, wasn't ready to run my own house. And I was just kind of, there were just so many new things, you know, new language, new culture, so many new things getting thrown at me at once. So, you know, you want to, uh, it gets overwhelming, but, you know, thinking back, it's one of the best learning experiences, you know, I ever had. Yeah. You, you talk about that. Like it's cause I experienced it. We all kind of experienced it on this call. Like the, 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 that's something that a lot of guys don't, that don't know, like you said, when they go overseas, they're thinking about just basketball, but a lot of guys don't really cut it because it's, it's the, you know, you, you're, you're on the court or you're practicing for two, three hours, four hours of the day, but the other 24 hours, you actually got to live and you actually got to, you know, be in this, this place and it gets intimidating. So like, you know, talk about more about like, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with like, you know, the, the, um, you know, getting adjusted to being overseas, getting adjusted to life. And then, and talk about more about what life is like in the third division of Spain. Like, you know, what was your everyday practice schedule? What was like, you know, some of your teammates, you know, your coaches and, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I tell guys that all the time that want to go overseas. I was like, you know, I know you're a good player. You can learn the game. You can you, like basketball wise. I think you can figure this out. Like you're a hard worker. You want to learn and you got talent. The challenge is going to be, you know, keeping yourself happy off the court and finding your way off the court because it's, it's really hard to play well when you're, when you're not happy, you know, mm-hmm. those things go hand in hand. And I think it's, it's not like you play well, you're happy. It's like you happy, you play well. Uh, how I dealt, you know, I was, again, like, I think I was really lucky, you know, Mallorca was a great place and being third division, I didn't live by myself, which at the end, at the end of the day ended up being a blessing. You know, my mm-hmm. roommate was Spanish, but he spoke English well. He had been playing professional in like the second and third division for seven, eight years. So he kind of knew the lay of the land. He knew how to, how to, you know, 
he kind of he, he was a good help for me. I mean, at the at first, I don't think he wanted to have anything to do with me. I was so tired of having like roommates coming out. He didn't want to talk to me at all. Um, but eventually, me and my family, we kind of you know broke him down. Every time he'd go out to have snack, I would go bother him. Every time he would come out of his room, I'd bother him. Uh, you know, he was still keeping touch uh, to this day. Um, but he, he was huge for me because, you know, he, he helped me out, uh, with everything, you know, learning the language, uh, being a part of the culture and, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's in other places. I know it is in Israel as well. The Spanish culture, they're very, um, they're very warm, welcoming people. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they know I'm out here. They know I'm by myself, you know, they're inviting me to dinners they're inviting me to hang out. Uh, and after I got over, you know, I stopped feeling bad for myself in the first, you know, month or so. I just, you know, I tried to take up everybody on their offers. You know, if they asked to go for a coffee, you know, if they asked to go to dinner, you know, I, I tried to say yes to to as many things as I can. I started. Uh, my grandmother bought me Rosetta Stone in Spanish as a gift from over there. So I started, I started learning my Spanish. Um, yeah, you know, just things that. But, you know, once the season gets in full swing there in, uh, in Europe, especially, there's not a lot of free time. You know, we were, we would play on Saturday nights, Sundays would be off, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, at least for two a days, you know, morning or morning shooting and evening practice. So, you know, it's very, at that point, there's not, there's not a lot of wiggle room. You know, you're going morning practice. Wake up, morning practice, come back, lunch, nap. Maybe you have an afternoon to go for, you know, a short walk. In Mallorca, I lived right by the beach, so I'd go sit at the cafe if I didn't want to nap. It took me a while to buy into the siesta, but after a while, you know, I had to <laughs> <laughs> after I like, Yeah, I was like, I'm not now. I don't need to nap. I'm not doing anything. And Same eventually, here. eventually, I get everything closes. There's nothing you can yeah. do anyway. You got it. After, uh, after, a, after a while, like, the nap becomes, like, the most, like, vital part of your ritual. You're just, like, yo, like, if you don't nap, it's almost like you, like, you know, like, when people wake up in the morning, they don't have coffee or something like that. You're just, like, irritable, irritable the whole entire day. It's like, oh, I need yeah, this you, nap. You hit that wall. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of the routine. you got to learn how to nap, especially now. Like, we, we play games in, in Israel, like, 9 o'clock. It's, it's just impossible to be awake without a nap yeah. to play from 9 to 11 yeah. at night. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's kind of how I, I dealt with the transition. You know, I, I mean, I'm lucky. I have a, I have a amazing support system back home. You know, I have my friends who I can talk to at any time. I have my family who's like at the drop of the hat, they, they'll come over overseas. And, you know, I, I know that's not normal, but my family, I think in my first year, I think everyone, my brother came, my mom my brother came once or twice. My dad came twice. My mom came three times. I think it's a mix. They want to see me, and they also loved Mallorca. Like, I couldn't – over the two seasons I played there, they were there. My grandparents came. Like everyone was like, oh, my God, Mallorca is amazing. And then all the families started to visit me. So, yeah. uh, but I'm like, you know, that I, I can get it. My grandfather came two, three times. My grandmother came two, three times. Um, so, you know, it, it ended up – being a, a great situation and then you get to spend so much time one-on-one -on -one with your family that you you never have when you live far away uh you know you have to make that effort just to be with each other and that week you're just going to hang out with them you know when you live maybe an hour away it's like oh i'll get there so i think it was good yeah i remember uh when you were over there in, uh, in, Spain or whatever, um, 
you know, Mike will constantly, you know, keep us up, up to date going on, you know, saying how you're doing and, you know, you're averaging 15 and five this and this and, you know, end up getting player of the year and also, you know, helping, you know, that program, that organization move to, you know, second division. You know, did you ever think that you would be able to do anything like that? You know, be able to, you know, come in not knowing, not having any type of direction to now, you know, you get player of the year, you know, over here in Europe and now, you know, you're playing well. Uh, I mean, no, of course, uh, you know, I always said, you know, my goal was to, you know, my first year was a couple of months was to keep my job. You know, I've heard of so many stories about Americans going over there and yeah. the terrible situation and coming home or then the team not playing well and the guy doesn't play well a couple of games and they get fired. You know, I heard so many uh, four stories. I was just trying to do my best to kind of stay afloat, obviously. Uh, that was the beginning, you know, the, the longer I was there, the more comfortable I got, the more part of the team I felt like it wasn't, obviously it's pro ball, but, you know, I started to feel, you know, more, more part of the team and I, I kind of understood what was going on. Um, you know, and then when you get out there, you know, competitiveness just takes over, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's basketball. And, you know, we had a, we had a good second half of the season we made our run uh, and that was that, you know, they offered me mid-season to come back if we had moved up. And I was like, you know, if next season I'm in Leboro and I'm with a team, I know if I'm going to be in the second division in Spain, I want to be with this team. Uh, it's a step up. You know, I don't see why not uh, to stay. Now, walk us through uh, the high school deal. Like, how did that come about? And because uh, at that point, you know, the ACB team still had your rights. So right. just talk about that deal and how you ended up in Israel. Um, well, I, my agent found out my mother was Jewish, and under the right of return, uh, if you're Jewish, you can come here and play as a local player. And, and people who know things about uh, European basketball know uh, the kind of advantages that, that can be to have mm -hmm. dual passport. So I can compete with players that aren't Kyle. You know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so what happened uh, after my season in Spain ended, uh, agent told me to, to wait. Um, he wanted to, he was thinking about flying me to Israel for a tryout. An Israeli team was going to have me try out, maybe get some interest. I also, if I was going to play in Israel, I wanted to. Uh, can you hear me? I wanted to um, see the country first because you know the stuff I read in the news about Israel, I wasn't too thrilled with. I wasn't. Yeah really sure I wanted to live there. You know, I, I love basketball, but again, I was like, I'm not sure if that's worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, he set up a visit, and, I was, and he's like, just chill in Mallorca for, two, for a week or two. It ended up being like two weeks just hanging in Mallorca, which again, not terrible. It's not bad at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I, out, I think it was, the, it was like the beginning of May, summer was kind of starting up, so I was, I was fine. Uh, anyway, he, uh, he set up a, a visit with uh, Maccabi Haifa. So they flew me out there. They put me up uh, in an apartment, which was, you know, I was like, it's, uh, you know, tough start to the trip. You know, it looks. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I was waiting. I kind of just waiting there for when I would have to uh, try out or meet coaches, meet players, meet the team, whatever, whatever they had in mind. It was a very, like, fluid situation. Like, every couple of days, the, the thing would change, and I was kind of like, all right, I just want to get home. I want to go – I want to go back to Rochester. I want to see some friends. I want to, like – I want to start my summer. Like, yeah. my season's over, you know? 
Uh, but, you know, I'm happy that I ended up staying because, you know, again, my support system, my dad flew out to Israel to keep me company. Uh, he moved us to a hotel, which we were much more comfortable in. Uh, and, you know, my dad had a fun vacation together. I'd go leave for two hours to work out. Uh, he would hang out by the pool, the beach. We'd go out to eat. You know, it's one of the best trips I think me and him have had together. It's not bad. Uh, no, no, it was it was a great time. And then uh, I worked out for the for the coach at the time with like, youth players. And you know, again, you know, super intimidated. Coach was screaming at me. I didn't even know him. Uh, <laughs> like, it was just. Uh, like the hard, I think his workout that he put me through was the hardest workout I've ever had. I got back to the hotel. I was like sick for two days. And I was like, and my agent called me about how, how it went. I was like, honestly, I'm not sure. Like I, I played okay, but I, I, I don't know. And, but then he called back and he told me the coach loved me and he wanted me to stay and meet the, the owner of the team, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so again, you know, the trip pushed back. I, I met with everybody. Uh, and then I flew back and just waited to hear if they were going to um, make an offer. And, you know, luckily enough, you know, a couple of weeks later, they, they made me a, a two-year offer, a one plus one. How, how long were you there in Israel for, like, you know, from the start to finish to throughout the whole entire process? I think, though, like, from when I finished playing in Spain till I got home to the States, I think it was like a month. I think I was two weeks waiting in Spain and then two weeks in Israel. And I only worked out for them like a handful of times, but it was like, they kept like, again, Yeah. I was like, all right, I've already done it this long. Like if this is going to get me the offer and the opportunity, I'll, I'll wait it out a lot. Like I'm going to meet yeah, the man, that's, the, that's the definition of staying the course, man. Cause you just like majority of guys probably like, man, F this man, I'm going, man, I'm, I'm going back to enjoy my summer. And like, you actually like, you stuck with it, but like it, it end up paying dividends in the end because like you said you end up getting you know a, a one plus one contract um yeah. with a you know a reputable team like Maccabi Haifa so talk about like your, your your first experience there like you know once you get there and um you know talk about you know like it, the 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 difference between playing in, in Spain and, and playing in Israel yeah so this is obviously yeah, I was again like it was my first taste of like first division I was like all right gonna be a, a huge jump uh you know I was I was really excited about how professional it seemed, you know, you know, now I went in and I had a locker you know, mm -hmm. in Spain, you know, I had the benches and a hook, like there's no, you know, <laughs> I, had, I had a locker, there was a shower, like the team does your laundry, like all, we had an arena, like all this stuff was like, I was like, all right, now it's like pro ball, this is serious, like I better be ready or I'm, I'm out. Uh, and in the beginning, you know, I, it was, uh, it, it was tough for sure. Uh, I started playing well early on. Uh, and then our, because our, I was playing a lot, I had a lot of control. And then our, our point guard came and he was with the national team as well. And he kind of took the reins, which he was supposed to do. And I kind of, I had to get used to playing alongside him. And, you know, I didn't, at least I did not adjust well, you know, my first, I want to say my first three months in high I was playing, you know, the worst basketball I've ever played. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it, it was tough. You know, I got hesitant. Uh, you know, my, my coach was a very strict coach. Uh, he was, he was great, but he was, you know, he was, he was strict. Uh, and, you know, he's straight upset. He's like, you hesitate again, you're coming out. You know, I hesitated, took me out, sat me the rest of the game, 
you know, I, I called home. I was like, he's like, I was like, I don't know how to play anymore. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I don't think I can do this. Like, had your, uh, I call it the space yeah, jam moment. I, the space jam moment. Yeah, when you're just out in the court, you're just like. Out of it. Like, I couldn't do anything right. I wasn't enjoying myself. Off. And the, the thing was, I wasn't enjoying myself off the court, you know. Yeah. I was putting all the pressure on myself to play basketball. Was, all I did was think basketball and I and I wasn't you know living and you know getting out and getting used to it and, uh, and you know the coach pulled me in his office and he said the exact same thing he's like go party go have fun go drink go go he's like go do whatever you want right? he, I don't he, need to know. He, he told you to yeah, go yeah. party oh that's crazy he told, he, he <laughs> anything and everything I wanted he's like don't worry about it do whatever you want just be like stop thinking about basketball for a little while you need to think about something else Right. He was fun. He was a fun guy, though. Right? Like, he was like, guy, beers before, beers after games, you know. Like, if you're late, instead of a fine, you bring him a six-pack, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, we all need a coach like that. Yeah, you know, practices for hour 15 strict because, you know, as soon as practice ends, he has to go outside. He has to have his beer, his cigarette, sit on the deck and, you know, chill. You know? This is his job. And once the job ends... Yeah. <laughs> work work hard, play hard. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. But um, you know, and, and you know that helped me. And you know, I had some teammates start to like you know take me out and you know started to do things other than be the inside of my apartment and the gym and the weight room. Um, and eventually, you know, things started to fall into place, and I got you know more comfortable, and then you know I was happier, and you know, one thing leads to another. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was, uh, grateful they stuck with me for that long. Cause I, I think I would have ran out of patience for myself at that point. Cause I, you know, when I say I was playing bad basketball, that's not like me being hard on it. Like it was bad basketball. Like, you know, I, I didn't recognize myself when I was playing. All right. So talk about, let's, let's backtrack just a little bit, just to the beginning of the season. Uh, Haifa had the opportunity to go on an NBA tour. Um, back to the States and you had a chance to play against the Grizzlies and against Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. So let's talk about that experience, like being on the same floor with Kobe. Like, what, what was that like? Yeah, it's, I mean, as amazing as you like, with everything and more that you would think it would be. Like, you know, I, I didn't expect to be as, like, shocked as I was when I saw these guys. But, like, what did, like when I saw Kobe and when I saw Vince, like, I was like, you know, stuck. You know, I didn't know what, you know, I was like, you know, you get like that holy shit moment, like they're in front, like they're yeah. them on T, like, um, but yeah, and, and you get so caught up, you're like, all right, like I'm playing against NBA team, I want to play well, but like, I, I, I want to remember everything, I want to like, yeah. I want to see everything going on, um, but again, amazing opportunity, like so happy I got the opportunity to do it, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that. It's just an amazing experience that um, I don't know. Not many things can, you know, top it for me uh, in professionally at, at this point. Remember, Mike sent me the picture. It's, uh, you know, you shooting in the corner. I think uh, guarding. Uh, exactly. My favorite picture. Yeah. Uh, I think that was Lou, Lou Williams guarding you in the yeah. corner. Got a picture. Uh, Right next to uh, D'Angelo Russell, I'm like, man, this this is incredible. Yeah. Like, no, I all that, I was like, had to be an amazing feeling. So, no, it's no, it's it, it's sick, and and you really get an appreciation for how 
talented those fucking guys are. Like, that is next, next level. I, I remember being on the floor and just looking around. The sheer size of them is, is – like, I remember uh, – I think Nick Young checked in them, and I didn't think he was, like, a big dude. He's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> and and Meta World Peace was guarding me one day, like, just devours you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're enormous fucking guy, and they can move, and they're strong. It's like <sighs> humbling yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I talk talk about um, you know, during that season, um, you know, when you started to kind of feel comfortable, and uh, you know, was it that game that you guys had versus Maccabi Tel Aviv, where you know you had kind of like your big breakout game? Um, uh, yeah. Um, I started feeling good, uh, uh, like, in that stretch a little yeah. before that. Um, and I think everything just came together for us that game. You know, when, you, when you're one of these, uh, you know, smaller teams playing against, like, these Euro League, Euro Cup teams, like, there's nothing that needs to be said before games, the week leading up. Like, everyone is super motivated. Everyone's playing their best basketball. Everyone's, you know, has so much adrenaline. Uh, and, you know, we were just on a, we were on a different level that day. We, you know everything was clicking for us and we, you know, smacked around. And those, you know, obviously it was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Cause those are the guys, you know, you, you want to, like everyone says, like you, you want to be in their position, you know, that's yeah. why, you know, they're, they're where you want to be and you want to know if you can play at that level. And, you know, the first, the first time I played against Maccabi Tel Aviv, it was the exact opposite. Like it was at their place and they smacked us like we smacked them and it was mm-hmm. brutal. And it's like, you know, you start to, to doubt yourself. And I remember after that game, our coach came in and he was like, he's like, I would not trade any of those guys for any of our guys. Um, and that was a big, that was a big one for us. Because the, the, what I respected and what I loved about um, uh, Ram, our coach Rami uh, Hadar uh, was he was he was someone who, uh, he spoke the truth to you. Like, yeah. And you knew he did because he would say such, you know, mean things to some people. Like, <laughs> yeah, at no point he hugged – and to me too. And you know at no point he held, he held back. So when those rare times where he would say something, like, heartfelt and nice, and you know, that would that would pick you up, like, you knew it was coming from a place that he meant it. Mm-hmm. And I, I – you know, that's, that's that sticks for for players. All right, so let's, let's talk about your second year with Hyper, man. The, uh... Oh, yeah. You want league MVP? Like, seems like that's yeah. somebody's a, that's a common theme, bro. Like, he's just, just every <laughs> level, every, every, every level, bro. What's your day? What's your day? Uh, no, I, <laughs> you wouldn't think, uh, but that season, you know, was up until the end of that season, it was it was a tough season, you know, uh, up until that point. You know, we we had a late run that kind of changed everything around, but up until that point, you know, we were not as good as we should have been. We didn't play as good as we should have been. We were on a 500 team and, you know, there was no reason we should have been there. Um, you know, I think in the beginning of the season, you know, I think we had expectations. We had, you know, we had some returners. We thought, you know, the year before we had finished in third uh, and we had lost in game five to the team that went on to win it. You know, and obviously we felt we came up short because we, we, we had a good team that year. You know, we really – it's one of the best you – know, the most fun, most enjoyed teams I've been a part of. Um, just because everyone kind of bought into the system and knew what was expected of them and did their thing. 
Um, obviously, you know, you, you, overseas, you never get this, you hardly ever get the same team, you know, twice. There's just so much turnover and yeah. so much going on. Right. Uh, but we had a decent amount of returners and we thought, you know, we, w- we would be good. And, you know, we were around 500. I think in uh, October, I, I got hurt and I was out for like six to eight weeks. And this is my first time, you know, being hurt um, as a pro and being hurt away from home, which is, you know, a, a whole nother Not channel. Um, but, uh, you know, they took care of me. Uh, you know, uh, my girlfriend who's here she's uh, she uh her, her family uh you know especially her brother and his trainer you know took care of me a lot uh you know i would they would take me to the gym uh you know work me out i was in a cast so he'd just give me all these workouts to do with my left hand and you know it, it was not just physically i think it mentally was important to me just you know feel like i was getting better still every day and i was working towards something and you know i was gonna you know, come back this season and be able to play. Um, but then I came back and, you know, again, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs, we were just super inconsistent. Um, and then, you know, playoffs hit. And I think, I don't know what it was. It's like, you know, we had nothing to lose or uh, I was excited. Shappy and Kristen were visiting. You know, I had, I had some friends in the stands, some support. Uh, and and the playoffs, yeah, the playoffs just turned into, you know, just, I don't want to say like a player, but I, it was just, you know, just having fun, just playing ball and not thinking about anything. It was like, you know, we're the eight seed, we're playing against the one seed, no one expects much. Let's go have some fun. And, you know, if not two weeks, I'm going home, I'm going to be, you know, this summer, I'm going home, I'll be chilling. Uh, and we'll see, you know. Uh, and I don't know, we just, we took off. We, 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 we should have swept them, actually. We lost the first game in overtime. We were double overtime. We were winning the whole game and smacked them by 20, one on the road by, like, one, again, up the whole game, and then smacked them by, like, 15 in game four at home. And You know, winning to go to the final four in your home court was, like, you know. So it was, uh, you know, one of the best experiences I had as a pro because, you know, the final four, you know, I realized what a big deal that was in Israel. Yeah, know, qualify for that being you know an eight seed and not being a Maccabi or Jerusalem you know it's a big deal and, and uh you know we were just so excited and, and then we got the draw of uh you know final four anything can happen yeah one game one game and unfortunately we didn't win it all you know we drew Maccabi Tel Aviv in the quarterfinals or in the semifinals which was again you know nothing to lose it's Maccabi Tel Aviv um we ended up, you know, it was a, a tough game. We broke it open in the second half, and we ended up winning by nine or eight or 11, something like that. Uh, and then, unfortunately, we came uh, – we met Jerusalem in the finals, you know, and they were the squad of that year. I think they were – came. they went to the Final Four Euro Cup. They had, you know, Jerome Dyson, Curtis Geralds, uh, Amari, mm-hmm. and, Oof. you know, we we did we just oh. ran out of steam. I think we lost by eight at the end, and we just ran out of steam, unfortunately. And and uh, Tinsley or Kinsley locked me up in the playoffs. Terrence Kinsley. Yeah, he told everybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to I'm not one for like, social media or Twitter, but yeah. 
I couldn't get away from it. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, every, every step, man, it just seemed like you just keep, you know, taking your game and taking everything to the next level. And, you know, going into next year, you know, you, you signed a, a three-year deal with Maccabi Tel Aviv. And, you know, for you know, the, the ones that's our audience, you know, Maccabi Tel Aviv is the team in Israel. And uh, right. it's crazy, too, that, um, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, while we're on this podcast, we have uh, two captains on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty Mike, we're very fortunate, man. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. We got two captains in one podcast, but, you know, kudos to, to both of you guys. And, you know, especially you, John, you just getting a chance to see your journey and see how you, you know, even what you call, but, you know, uh, seeing how you guys leveled up and did what you guys had to do. But, you know, let's go into, you know, talking about Maccabi. Now, now you – Mike calls me up on the phone like, yo, you yeah. got to play League now. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, a day or two after the finals, you know, we just beat Maccabi. Um, I, played, I, I, played, I played terrible first half against them, killed them in the second, and, you know, they they came within like within the week the season ended they had called me that they wanted to meet before I left the country even um, so I knew they were interested um, obviously uh, at the time I had you know my concerns yeah Maccabi the past at least since I was in Israel in the past couple of years they 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 were struggling yeah uh, you know the year that I think that year that we had just that year that just finished they had like five head coaches. And obviously, you know, you want to play, um, you know, that just seems like a crazy situation, you know, and you feel for some of those players because that's a, that's a tough situation for any player to play, you know, for five head coaches, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Maccabi Tel Aviv comes in, you know, and, and they make you an offer. Uh, it was hard for me to, to, to show them that I wasn't super eager to sign in. I know you're supposed to play hard to get, but like, yeah. <laughs> it was everything I was looking for. You know, when I when I started playing professional basketball, I told myself like, all right, I'll do this for a couple of years, kind of see how it goes, you know, be abroad a little bit. You know, I also don't know what the hell I want to do for work. So in the meantime, you know, might as well do this. Uh, and I told myself like, you know, I want to see, I just want to see the highest level I can get, you know. Um, when once you know that stops happening, then uh, uh, I'll admit it to myself and, and I'll go and find another line of work. Um, so when it came in, you know, to play Euro League, uh, and I could stay in Israel, which you know, like I've told you before, the the transition to to new countries is uh, and new teams is is not the easiest for me. So yeah. when I have an opportunity to kind of stay stay in one place and you know get my feet under me especially early in, in a team like Maccabi you want to you want to come in and kind of you know be ready at the beginning you know one of the challenges of playing uh for a team of that level I, I've noticed it, it's not just the is that is not you know playing in in the early per se is that I'm surrounded by so many fucking great players that I, I need to you know I need to play at their level and you know, it was again transition. Like I, the the basketball I played in Haifa was not not the same as you know some of these guys were playing. Uh, you know, you get the the true meaning of of every possession, and you have a goal of every possession, and, and the scouting was a different level. 
Uh, and, you know, it took some time for me uh, to get used to. Um, you know, my first year I played a lot in, in the Israeli league, uh, obviously part of the Israeli rule. They have to have two Israelis on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I earned my time just by, you know, playing hard. I definitely wasn't playing uh, the smartest uh, in terms of, you know, of the team. Um, but I, I played hard and I, and I listened and I, you know, you know, you do, you do what's asked of you and, and it goes a long way when you, when you're a good teammate and your coach will. And I think that's at the end of the day, what would get me on the floor uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, you know, walking into to play from a copy Tel Aviv, I was, I was shocked, you know, I saw my jersey on the floor. I started, you know, taking pictures of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all I don't do. Know how long it's gonna, it's gonna last because yeah. you know, the year before the whole they got rid of the whole team. Everybody was new. Yeah. So I was like, who knows how long it's gonna last? Like, let me let me cherish every freaking little thing they give me. Let me hoard some gear. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what was the what was the feeling like um, when they asked you to be captain? Um, I can. I know from my side, I was totally shocked and surprised. I was like, you know, I don't. I didn't look at myself as a captain, or you know, especially uh, a prestigious club. And Maccabi is one of the most historical, one of the most prestigious clubs, you know, in all of Europe, and you know, probably one of the biggest brands, you know, all over the world. So, what is it? What did it mean to you for you know to be named captain of, of Maccabi Tel Aviv? Yeah, I mean, uh, the same reaction. You know, mm-hmm. super caught off guard. I, I was shocked, surprised. At the same time, you know, I wanted to know, like, that I was honored by it. Uh, but it was a unique situation because, you know, we were mid-season. And I didn't want to – I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I didn't want to go behind my teammates' back. And, and, you know, I told – basically it's what I told them was, like, you know, I, I need to talk to the other captain first. And I, I want to talk to the coach. I want to make sure, you know, everyone wants this before – before I do it, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. really happy you asked me and thinking of me like this, but I want to make sure, you know, it's, we do this in as good of a way as possible. Obviously there's nothing good about having to replace the captain in the midseason. Obviously there's something not, not going well at that point, mm-hmm. but let's try to handle it in the best way possible. But again, like you said, you know, you know, shocked and, you know, um, that's a whole nother, you know, challenge for me uh in and of itself you know i'm not the most vocal guy um off the off the court you know i'll I'll talk and and i'll do things on the court but in terms of like locker room and stuff like that you know i'm not the the loudest guy i'll talk to guys one-on-one but uh in terms of that and you know that's still something that that i need to to work on and i'll be the first to say it about myself (laughs) all right man so we got to talk about your first year with maccabi uh you mentioned you know you were playing a lot in the Israeli league and doing pretty well, but you didn't see much time on the court during really Let's talk about, was that a challenge for you? How did you adjust? And, you know, what was your thought process as that was going on? Uh, yeah, for sure it was a challenge. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect to get uh, m- much time. Uh, again, you know, I figured I'd work, work my way. Um, I knew I was coming in. I, I saw the other names on the roster. I knew I was coming in, you know, towards, towards the back of the group, you know, I was, play, uh, you know, I went from playing with guys who, I mean, names, but not as many people as her, you know, I was now, I was next to Pierre Jackson and Norris Cole, mm-hmm. Sean mm-hmm. Thomas. It, like I said, like the biggest challenge was me being surrounded by all these great guys. Like if I'm going to take a shot, I need to know it's the right shot and it's a good shot. 
and you know with other teams when you're you need to kind of make plays out of nothing it's, it's something else but there's so many guys with you that can create and do things that you got to be on that at that level um but uh you know it was a it was a challenge not to play you know i i played in the israeli league before you know i don't i didn't want to come to Maccabi to play just israeli league. you know people come for the opportunity to play in the euro league um and i just figured you know if i if i stuck with it i would eventually get my time but uh I think uh, the coach at the time wasn't a big fan of my game. I'm not sure if he even really saw me play before I came that much. Um, uh, so it was it was tough, you know. I felt like uh, it was hard for me to um, kind of do right by him no matter what I did. Um, but again, you know, I try to think uh, positively. Um, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing for Maccabi Tel Aviv. I'm playing in the Israeli league. You know, some guys come to Maccabi and they don't even get that. Uh, you know, I have an opportunity to get better. You know, if I, if I keep working and they see me every day, you know, eventually, you know, Maccabi want me to play for them. You know, I just hold on to that hope that, you know, that'll work out. And it was tough because in the beginning, uh, Euro league started and the first like four five games. I think I played like around 20 minutes. I was like, Holy shit! Like, yeah. I'm in the rotation. No way. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck. But I, again, I was like, you know, I'm gonna fuck it up. Like, well, I gotta be good. And then I think the fourth or fifth game, I had a really tough game, and you know, coach went off on me after. And then next, like six, seven games, didn't really see the football. I was like, geez, this is you know, next level. I don't know if I. I, I guess I can't cut it. I guess uh, going into uh, you know, going to 2019 season. Uh, you led um, you led the your squad to the Israeli League Championship, and you got the Final Four MVP once again. Another yeah. another MVP. Yeah, well, player of the year. Yeah, where you where you keeping all where you keeping all these MVP trophies at, man? <laughs> I think they're in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can't take them back to the states. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was uh, that was last year, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So we we had uh, we again uh, we we started that the beginning of that year tough. Uh, we made a coaching change. Um, you know, we had uh, what happened. We had um, to start the season. You know, I you guys talked to him the other day. I think that Jeremy, Parco, yeah. Yeah. he got injured, and you know he was a huge piece for us and for the system that the coach had in place. I think. And we started the season without him, and we were kind of just a little lost. Like, we needed his creativity. I mean, you know Jeremy, the creativity he brings and the atmosphere he brings and the energy he brings, especially when he's kind of doing his thing, he can affect the game so much. And, you know, we were, we, he had a serious back injury and was out for a walk. At least a month. Yeah. He got, it was preseason, and he didn't come back, I think, until – I don't even know, January, maybe? At least three, four. I don't know. We were we started bad. You know, we, we had, I think, the worst start, you know, since this new format. It was the worst start. Mm -hmm. we had. Um, and they made a switch and, you know, started to play better. Uh, that second half of the Euro League, second half of the Israeli League, we were, you know, a completely new team. You know, Jeremy came back. We had, we had full power. And... 
you know, there's, it's funny, the Israeli playoffs, you know, going from a team like Maccabi, like playing for a team like Maccabi Haifa and then going to play in that same league for Maccabi Tel Aviv, it's like you see both sides and you know how teams approach playing you and, and the challenge that is. And, you know, you're going to get everybody's best shot. Everyone's going to be a little faster, jump a little higher, you know, getting your shit a little more, you know, hack you a little harder. And I, and I understand that because I did, I did the same thing. You know, I was annoying as hell when I was playing Maccabi, you know. Uh, but you know it's, it puts a you know a good amount of pressure uh, on Maccabi when it comes to you know Final Four and we only have you know one game. It's like historic when it's an upset and stuff like that. But um, you know we snuck by in the semifinal um, and the finals. You know again it was it was a back and forth game. I, I think at the end you know we broke it open a little bit. We had we had a run towards the end and we uh you know we ended up cruising i think to like a 15 point victory and once you know ending ending a season a 10 month season with a championship is <laughs> like the biggest like so many good feelings going through you it's like oh you know 10 months we got a championship we did our job like you know we won you're on summer break it's just like you know nothing could take you down at that point <laughs> right, right. Talk talk about because I remember, um, you know, we played you guys last season. Um, I remember like towards the beginning of the season, like you said, when we played you guys, like you know, you were like, in my opinion, you were passive. Like you know, you were just coming out there, you weren't getting a whole lot of time. And then when they made the coaching change, I remember the second time we played you guys and you guys smacked us. Um, and you know, it was like it was almost like you were a completely different player. Like you were aggressive, you were assertive. Like it seemed like you felt more confidence in the system. Um, you know, so just talk talk about that, and then also talk about uh, you know your coach, uh, Coach Ropolis. Um, you know, you know what type of person he is, the type of coach he is, and you know how he's had a big part in, in this kind of, I guess you could say, resurgence of Maccabi because Maccabi over the last, so you you mentioned it, has had uh, you know some down years, but you know once he kind of came in, um, you know you guys have definitely made like a, a really big re resurgence and kind of brought Maccabi back to you know where you know where the organization where the club belongs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think he deserves an enormous amount of credit. Um, first off, you know, as a person, I, I think he's a good person. And, you know, he, you know, I, I always appreciate people who kind of practice what they preach. You know, he doesn't, he's not going to ask you to be a certain, like do something that he wouldn't, you know, he's a tireless worker, in my opinion. I think he, he works extremely hard. Mm -hmm. uh, he's very detail oriented. So when he gets on you to be that same way, uh, I think it's a, it should be expected. You know, if he's the leader of the team, and he's doing all these things. You need to be uh, at that level. And I think um, he he built he built not you know not just a team. I think he built each player up individually. If you look at guys who have been here the past two three years, and you look at the way they've played. Um, you know, from start to finish. And obviously, you know, it's getting better. It's getting more comfortable. It's, it's, it's being, getting more reps. It's being around the league more. Um, but I think, you know, he has a lot to do with that. You know, I, I've seen, you know, the growth of Danny Abdia, who, who you know, is, is headed yeah. to the draft. I mean, him, play, him playing, you know, and just what you guys have seen is like EuroLeague, but you're seeing him in practice and his growth from year one to year two. And same with the other young guy, uh, you know, Zeusman. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of those guys, and I think it, it, it's a tribute to him. And and I'm sure, uh, you know, like for me personally, when he came in, 
he he straight up told me he's like you play Israeli league and you're a league different and you know I was you know I felt like I had more control in the Israeli league I can be more of a playmaker in the Euro league I had to, I, I was kind of there to be there and to support and stuff like that and and he sh- straight up told me he's like you know I don't want a difference between the leagues it's, Euro league Israeli I don't care you have to play your game and he was also you know the first one that at this level to tell me like he's like for me you know he's like you're a point guard you're, you're like you, you need to you need to take control you need to do this and you do that and he was very specific and you know real with me and, and told me what was expected and what I needed to do and what and you know for a player like me I, you know I I really appreciate that direction like you can tell me what to do it can be really hard it could be you know extremely tough but if I have a, a direction and a goal to work towards and I know that if I'm doing these things that I can get on the floor and, and be productive you know that's I'm going to do everything I can to do that it's part of being you know a teammate and to be, co- to be coachable um, and you know he did that for me yeah, you know when when I would do things I would play when I wouldn't do them I wouldn't play and it was it was very clear cut you know as opposed to the times when, when you're out there and you feel like you play well or you feel like you don't play well and you feel like it has no correlation with if you play more or less, if you play the next game or not. Um, and like I said, I think, I think he has, he's turned, you know, his work ethic and his attention to detail and his, you know, you know, his character, the, the, the way he is, he's turned it into a culture for Maccabi, which in, in, you know, in that we all have to kind of be like that and step up to, to that level. And you know, it's it's done, it's done well for us. You know, this year has been, up until this point, has been a very very good year for us. I want you to expand a little bit more on Denny's game, his evolution. Like you said, you've had a chance to see him since the the beginning. Uh, he's projected, you know, the top, the first international prospect to go off the board. Yeah. Um, what do you think his ceiling is, and, and how good is he, you know, behind the scenes and practice? And where do you think he'll end up? Um, yeah, I mean, Danny's, honestly, I've been, you know, impressed with his growth. Uh, I, when I got here three years ago, obviously he was just a kid, hardly saw him, didn't really know what he was about. Obviously saw size, saw some athletic ability, saw him, you know, dominating kids. But again, I didn't know what that, it's hard to see the translation. Um, his second year he was with us. He was with us, you know, full-time at that point. Um, but again, like, I saw potential, but I didn't see – at the time, I didn't – I was like, I, I don't understand how he's going to – how it's going to translate. You know, in practice, he's just another player at this point. He's not showing me anything out of this world. Um, but again, you know, he was – he's a very, very, very hard worker. Um, you know, he's in the gym – all the time he's always working uh he has a lot of he has a like a, a lot of work attention from the coaches you know he, he get he gets all aspects and you know to his benefit he he takes advantage as much as he can you know uh and then this year you know the same thing he, he kept with it um again beginning of the season i thought i thought he looked much better you know his, his body starting to transform he looked he didn't look as much like a boy anymore like he's very strong lower body but he hadn't he started to develop an upper body, you know, his, he'd become, I don't want to say that he was an okay shooter to like, 
he was knocking – he started knocking them down. Like, he – the shot looked the same every time. He – you know, it, it was obvious that he had been putting in reps. Um, and then little by little, you know, he was given more and more minutes. And I think he – at first, you know, it was tough for him to make the transition from playing with all his friends to playing with, you know, a bunch of pros. Yeah. Because, you know, he dominated every facet of the game with them. You know, point guard, center, it didn't matter. Uh, and now he had to kind of play, you know, within a role. And and what I was most impressed with, not just with the skill, was the mental aspect of the game. That he took a step there that I I will I hadn't seen yet. You know, um, you know, playing the right way, playing smart, taking advantage of mismatches, mismatches, noticing mismatches, mismatches. Um, <laughs> But, but seriously, like, he, he has so many tools, and now he started to incorporate the mental aspect of the game, and I think it's a tribute to, to the coaches and uh, Coach Veropoulos. Uh, You know, I, I think Coach engraves that. I mean, I, I know for me he makes me think in ways like that that I haven't thought before, and it, it's, a, it's a tribute to how he prepares. Um, you know, and it makes – it kind of makes the game simpler for you, and I think, you know, Danny has, benef- Danny has benefited a lot from all of that. Um, his growth this year gives me a lot more confidence in him now going forward. Uh, you know, his, you know, his skill and his ability, his athletic, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that, that's there. Um, but now the, like seeing his ability to learn and to develop uh, the other part of the game, I think he can go somewhere and really, you know, create a, create a, some value for himself and for, for a franchise. Going into, uh, you know, this year, uh, you know, you're getting some solid minutes with, uh, you know, playing the league and all that. Um, but you, you happen to tear your pectoral muscle. Pectoral. My, my, yeah. 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 Um, and they ruled you off for six months. How are you dealing with that? Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, crushed it first. I, I never had a, a seizing any injury before. Um, like you said, you know, I, I felt like I was, you know, work again, you know, slowly working my way up to, to where I wanted to be, you know, playing consistent EuroLeague minutes for Maccabi is, I think, a perfect situation for me. You know, I, I don't need to be the star of any team, but if I can have a solid role in a team like Maccabi Tel Aviv in the EuroLeague, you know, I love living in Israel. I love Tel Aviv. You know, it's, it's, it's everything, you know, I could have wanted in a, you know, I didn't even think I'd be playing professional basketball, let alone an opportunity like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you know, to get hurt at that point personally um, was tough. But, you know, more so it was that I really felt a part like I, it was, you know, I really enjoyed being a part of that that team that we have this year. Um, I felt like we had a very, very, very good mix. I think, you know, Coach made a, a great team in terms of the way he constructed it and all the – I think everyone had their roles and they knew them and we had, a, we had a great atmosphere. We had fluidity. I think everything was in place to have a very, you know, successful year. And, and I think we were, we were playing – I was happy with the basketball, you know, at the time that we were playing. I thought we were playing very well together and, you know, we had confidence – um, and that was, you know, sitting out is never, is never easy, but, you know, going to those early games and, you know, 
you know, cheering with, you know, 10,000 fans just itching to be like that, that, that was always the toughest part of the injury. You know, I, I can get myself up for rehab and for mm-hmm. running and stuff like that. Like I, I can find the strength for that, but the hardest thing, you know, is, is, is why is, you know, watching during the, those times when, and, you know, there's such amazing games, such high level and you just, you know, you work so hard to be part of it and you want to be part of it. And at the same time you want to be, supportive and happy for your teammates um while they're out there you know killing <laughs> you mentioned the the Maccabi fans and you know the atmosphere there in, in Tel Aviv um you know talk a little bit about because we've already had Pargo we've had you know Ricky Hickman um you know talk talk about you know your uh, your admiration for the Maccabi fans and you know the type of atmosphere that you know that it is for people that have never been um you know to a game there um you know what what it's like i mean it's tough to describe without being there like i i try to describe it to people like my friends back home like they've been to games but never uh your league game like that and it's it's tough to describe without being part of it because it's it's not something at least me and my friends you know playing division three we don't we don't have this <laughs> like um, uh and i didn't really you know i i always knew fans were crazy in part, but once you are watching on the sidelines and a part of it, you really see how crazy, because a lot of times mm-hmm. the game, you, you get locked in. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I can really, really learn to appreciate, um, especially then the fans and, and their support and, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're into the game. It's not just noise. Like they're watching, they're on every call, they're on every sub, they're watching the bench, they're watching during timeouts. You know, they're, they're, they're in the game with you um, start, before start until after finish, you know, they, they're not taking plays off. And, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, part of the reason uh, we had so much success at home this year is, you know, every year I've been here, I felt like the, the support was growing. And I think this year it really was, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, best before support I've seen since I, I've been for sure as a pro, you know, and yeah. in Israel. Uh, and I think it's also because like I said, they're watching, they saw a team that they believed in that they thought was fighting, you know, that they, that they wanted to be a part of. And, and I think, you know, they, they were, you know, they, they're key for us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I've, I played in the arena, a lot over the course of my career. And I think this year when we played there was by far the loudest. That um, game was crazy. The crazy was crazy, bro. It was like, I couldn't even hear, like it was, that was by far the loudest. I've like one of probably one of the loudest arenas I've been in my career and the loudest by far um, that I've seen it there. It's, it was unreal. Do you, do you see yourself, um, you know, you're, you're still, you know, fairly young, but do you still, do you see yourself, you know, staying in Israel for over the long term of your, uh, you know, over your career? Um, and just in life in general for life after basketball yeah um you're gonna get me in trouble my girlfriend's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> put you on the spot bro put you on the spot <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean it's hard for me to tell like my i think my life especially basketball wise has gone so far off what i thought it would be yeah. that i don't know where i'll be down the road um I do at some point when I get back to the States. I do want to live in the States at least for a little while, you know. Um, but in terms of like what I'll end up doing post basketball, whether it be opportunities out here or back in the States, um, you know, that's just something I'll have to do. I'll have to approach when I get to it. 
Um, but again, like I, I'm trying to make the most of the time while I'm here. I, I've started, you know, Hebrew lessons because mm -hmm. of the pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, you know, and again, like I've been in the same place for three years. For sure, I feel comfortable. You know, I, I know where I am. It doesn't feel like I'm too far away from home at this point. You know, I know my neighbors. I know my area. You know, I go in the street and I, I kind of I, I feel a semblance of being of being home. And I, and I know that's not something, especially being abroad and professional basketball player. I know that's not something that I should take for granted. Yeah. So, you know, if I could stay here for, for the foreseeable future, uh, if the opportunity is right, I would love to. Um, but then again, you know, I, I understand that this is a business. Um, you know, I'm a basketball player. I have to do, you know, what's best for me and my career. And, and you know, uh, there's a, you know, there's a weighing system to every decision. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I don't say, but I, I know sometimes, you know, that doesn't happen. I just want to know, like, your, your career is – it's crazy. Like there, there hasn't been many players that have had the success that you've had, especially coming out of D three to ultimately becoming the you know a Euroleague captain for Maccabi Tel Aviv. When you do you take time to think about you know what you've done so far and what you continue to do? Like has it sunk in yet? Um, you know, I, sometimes I do because I mean I get being injured. You know, you have a lot of time to think. So I think you know. At that point, I did I did some you know reflecting because you know I was so I was kind of so down about you know getting hurt when I did you know in a contract year in the middle of such a, a good season you know you know I was get, getting I felt like I was getting to where I wanted to and I was I was really upset that I was I felt like I was kind of losing my grip on on uh, that upward trend um, so I you know I try to take a step back at times. And, consider myself